0: We were watching Matthew smash burgers into his face, fucking Five Guys. He's out with a driver now. Now, I'm not sure this is right. Would somebody kindly... It's, go and stop him. Give him a large brandy. Pop him down. Now, this this really is beyond a joke now. He's, he's, he's gone gaga because this is... Uh, this is quite... I've never seen anything like it before and to attempt to hit the ball out of there is pure madness. Have seen a worse golf shot? No, answer the question, That's terrible. This could be good. Come in. This could be good. Looks better than it is, folks. Not bad.
1: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We are back once again. It's the RACDG podcast, episode six. Uh, They wrote us off after episode three, but we're still here. We're still going on strong. After six episodes last week had some brilliant reception and feedback on the top five courses of Jamie Kenny and all the Masters wrap up. So we're going to keep it in that very vein. Uh, and we've got another star-studded guest lineup uh, as well for you. Uh, and we'll run round the tracks just now. Instead of just saying hello and how are you doing, I've decided to start a new feature right now and ask you two questions. One golf and one non-golf related Quick fire answers. Crawford, what's the best golf hole you've ever played and what's the best pie?
0: holy shit. Um the best pie is um uh I'm i of a steak pie. I don't really like steak and my ugly kidney steak pie. Uh and uh, the best golf hole I've ever played, uh probably some par 3 somewhere, but um uh I like a short par 3 wherever I played is good. Um
1: this is shit radio. Rob, best golf hole we've ever played and best pie. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say
2: I think it's the 16th at Portrush Clamity, the par 3 pretty strong Uh, great fun Um, and favourite pie or best pie I'm going to go chicken and mushroom pucker
1: good shout Crawford any advance on hole (laughs) no still thinking I have a lot of
2: holes I've got to get through Gary my head you That's... got it wrong when you said this is quick fire.
1: I know, I know, I should have known what I was doing when I was asking Crawford quick fire <laughs> questions. And welcoming our guest for today is going to be giving us the Flock 5, but we're going to start them off with the exact same two questions. It is the sharpshooter himself, Matt Wabenez-Wabe. Matt, how the hell are you doing? What's your favourite golf hole of all time and what is the best pie?
3: Evening, evening all. Uh, best golf hole at draw. Struggle. Um, top of my head, probably going to go with the eighteenth um, at Jamira Earth Course in in Dubai. Uh, great kind of par five with a kind of creek up in the middle
0: of it. And is that a, does that come with a spoiler under it for later on?
3: Uh, well, yeah, there, there could be a spoiler there. There could be. a little <laughs> think to, uh, to figure it out.
0: But uh, but yeah, it just it kind of stands out. Going to have to write that in the uh, in the blurb, Gary. Yeah,
1: on the, on the side. Sorry, so Spoilers should should have led with pie. Should always lead with pie. Um, <laughs> depends. So. If it,
3: depends if it is a spoiler. It might not be, but you know, I'll <laughs> leave it open. Oh, maybe he's throwing in a red herring. Bit of intrigue. <laughs> <laughs> um, best pie, mince. Obviously, got to be a mince pie. Right. I'm okay. Not a big, I'm not a big pie guy, so uh, I'll go. I'll go
0: with mince. There was a lot of chat on the group this week about mince pies. Some yeah, hit some love time, in there. Yeah. A lot of hate.
1: I'm not a fan.
0: I'm kind of indifferent yeah. to mince pies. I, I don't. I don't mind them. I can eat them. I'm not like nah. I don't crave them.
1: I love them, but I never eat them outside of December. But
0: no. it's just
1: one of one of those things that reminds you of Christmas, like um, mince pies, Michael Bublé, and uh, family disappointments. Sort of all, it's all <laughs>
2: Christmas.
3: Yeah, I think it was uh, the the shut champ, Mister Lovejoy. who said he hated him as a kid. They got to about twenty and went, "Oh yeah, they're they're a great thing." And I, I agree. I hated them as a kid, and then. uh, as I've got older and I wouldn't say more mature
0: but I've, I've definitely
3: got older uh, yeah it, here's the
0: problem that, like, the issue that uh, I've always had with them is that but they shouldn't call it mince mince is the thing with meat and onions and gravy why is it called mince mm. it sounds disgusting in mince pies it's not oh, mince also oh, pies
1: pies are a very dangerous thing to just take up when you're 20 that's I'd I'd probably suggest (laughs) cigarettes to be honest. (laughs) Because I'm a bit bit safer in the long run, speaking from experience of a a lifelong pie lover. But anyway, enough about pies. We're going to do Matt Waves. Gary.
2: Yes, mate. What is your favourite pie and what is your favourite hole?
1: Road hole, Kelly pie. Now, a pie is a, it's a steak pie from uh, Comarnock in Ayrshire. And next time these are all up here, I'll get you one. They're absolutely phenomenal. But short, that was what I wanted, short and sweet. I wanted road hole Kelly pie. Um, but I got a Crawford diatribe. Of course I did. <laughs> but we'll move on, Rob. I'll fling it across to you. You can uh, give us a, a little bit of intro chat with Mr. Wabanez, and then run through his flock five. And me and Crawford will sit uncomfortably quietly in the background
2: that won't last long. Matt, good evening, good day or good morning whenever you're listening to this. How are you? And welcome.
3: I'm, I'm Brand. I'm good, Rob. Thank you very much. Thank you for uh, inviting me on. It's good to be part of history.
2: It's uh, <laughs> it's one of the... Why are you part of history? Just going down on the... It's
1: going podcast. to be the last fucking point. <laughs> it could be the last
0: fucking episode <laughs> to be part of history.
3: He's
1: gearing <laughs> it up
0: for that. I'm pretty sure that's what Hitler said as well, wasn't it? It's good to be part of history. <laughs>
2: Let's enjoy it. So last week, uh, OG flocker Jamie Kenny was on and he ran through quite an impressive uh, flock five. Mm. Following yeah. that, following that, it's uh, it's pretty strong. So uh, can you
0: I, give I, us... I'll t- tell you what, just very quickly, Matt isn't even more of an it is OG never than very Jamie quickly. was. Matt
1: is the worst of OGs.
0: I, I actually think Matt may have been the first person that I... I think, Matt, you and I started... What's up? I think it was like literally the two of us in there for the like you're the first person I rolled in.
1: You're the Adam and Steve of the RACDG. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it was a while ago. Can you imagine what their kids
2: would look like? <laughs> Very ginger. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Matt, hit us with yeah. number five. Let's see uh, if Crawford's so, played it
3: okay so number five is the uh, shire um no it's not it's uh,
0: it's, it's I was another place beginning with sh i was on, <laughs> online removing you from the group Matt. <laughs> uh,
3: so no number five is uh, is sharingham uh Sheringham golf club um north norfolk coast um kind of Probably not links, probably just classed as coastal, if you can kind of define the two. Um, you don't play a, a, next to the sea a lot, but um, there's some great views from the from the fifth hole especially. Um, you stood up quite high with a great view, golf course out below you. It's incredible to play. Is
2: that the one where you have to actually hit it out, out towards if, the sea, the path through that's down the hill?
3: uh no, it's part, no five, uh, part five part five, four it's, yeah it's the four, part four beforehand um yeah and it is yeah if the wind is blowing in off the sea yeah, aim it out there and try and bring it back to the middle but uh I've played it on a still day and it's glorious I've played it on a windy day and it's fucking horrendous but it's um yeah it's just just good fun um so yeah that's uh that's number five really for anyone
0: who has anyone who hasn't been there them is like a big long rectangle of land next to the sea with a big hill in the middle of it, so you kind of the, the two ends of it are kind of flatter, and then it just gets up into the middle. So every time you mm. get up near the middle of the property, you start having to go uphill and downhill. But it's kind of—I mean, people argue that it's no links. I kind of think it's a links course. It's kind of like I, bunkers and—I
2: would say it. I would say it was as well. I think it's a great yeah, course. It was in my. It was in my top five as well. I think Yeah,
3: it's um it's it's just a it's just a great place and you've got at times time it right and you've got a steam train that goes along past the uh yeah the seventeenth hole, um which goes up and down, which is good fun.
0: That's pretty good. I mean and certainly the bits down at the apart the, the, the part of the property at the far end, away from the clubhouse, like it's very linksy down there. It's quite flat down mm. there, but it's all gorse and kind of revetted bunkers and stuff. It's very linksy kind of course.
3: Yeah, it's a par five, I think it's the eighth. Um might be the seventh um kind of you go up over a rise and then kind of all the way down it's yeah pot bunkers shitload of gorse up on the right hand side and behind the um uh, behind the green um yeah it's just a just a fun place to be
0: yeah there are a few of us playing it in uh in in march as well it's a little trip yes there and cromer i'll be there
3: sweet okay
2: good good start um number four
0: uh, number four
3: is uh, is located in Dubai, um, but it's it's not it's not Jumeirah Earth. Um, so there's a bit of a story behind it. So number four is for me is Dubai Creek. Um, it's it, there's a tale. Well, I say a tale. It's a true story. We I went on holiday with Matt West. He's part of the uh, part of the flock. Um, we kind of made a decision. Yeah. Fuck it, let's go off to Dubai. We were talking to Your Golf Travel at the time. Shout out, Mister Um, And we were like, we wanted to play Majlis where we they played Dubai Desert Classic. We wanted to play Jamira Earth. Um, we knew they did night golf. And we we're like, we need another course out there. And Your Golf Travel went. I oh, played Dubai Creek. It's quite nice. And we we're like, all right, we'll throw it in as a filler course. Um, play it first, get it out of the way, and then leave the good, the big courses to the end. Yeah. And it was such a good experience. I think Gary talked in his about the experience of being there. We rocked up in a taxi. Guy took the bags off, um, sent us into the clubhouse. Um, came out there, attached to a buggy. Right away, you go. We go and have a bit of a warm up and a practice where Westy takes his first putt. It's about an eight foot putt and knocks it ten foot past, which was which was good fun because the greens were just rapid um, and it was just a, a great great golf course.
0: Um, not architecturally incredible, but it just a really good fun. Dubai Creek is the original golf course. I think it's the first golf course out there because Dubai, Dubai, the town of Dubai was originally built around the creeks. The original town back in the 80s was just around where the old souk is, around the creek. Mm. And then the town in the kind of 90s developed west along the coast. Now what we kind of think of as the center of Dubai is not the original center. But the, Dubai Creek is the old town center of Dubai. And I'm pretty sure the golf course, isn't there like the Hyatt Hotel down there as well? I think they've got a they've got a couple of hotels and there's a villa there's loads of villas on the way in. It used to be the only hotel back in the eighties where you could go and get drunk as a westerner down there as well, down <laughs> in Dubai Creek. So I'm pretty yeah. sure it was the original golf course there.
3: Yeah, and I know it hosted the Dubai Desert Classic before it moved across to the Emirates Golf Club. Um, and yeah, we were we we're kind of playing it, just knocked it through, and then we got to we played 16, which is kind of a mid-length, kind of about 170 yard par three, and then we got to the 17th and 18th, which run next to. Um, kind of the creek but it's just a huge body of water they're landing planes and stuff on it right next to the um next to the golf course and it's yeah just runs alongside this huge body and it just looks awesome the it's got a very um cool clubhouse which looks like kind of sails um on a ship um it's yeah just a just a properly good fun great experience food's great in the clubhouse beer's great in the clubhouse um and everything was great, and none of the other courses offered the kind of service that you got. So they we had when we handed our clubs back, it was they were all cleaned and ready for us to pick up to go back in a taxi. Just a just a hell of an experience for what was intended to be a, a kind of a filler course. So yeah, that's so, and that's number four. <clears throat> Perfect. That is a
2: bit of a bonus. That's a bit of a bonus mm, when a filler yeah. course is uh is making your best uh, best
1: five. Yeah, nice. I think Matt makes a, a dead a dead good point there as well in terms of sometimes a. A decent course or a good course can be made exponentially better just with the, the before and after, the experience. Yeah. You get made to feel like an absolute dawn coming in. They take your bags, guys clean down your clubs for you. You get treated quite well in the clubhouse and everything. Um, and then after it, we'll need to do an episode where we talk about clubhouse food, uh, best clubhouse experiences that. Sort of thing that that's definitely right for the pick in there, but just as much as that, you could go to a really good course and the clubhouse is shit, or somebody speaks to you in a bit of a funny way, and it totally brings it down in your estimation as well. So, it's a really good point that just that overall experience and that's what golf clubs and courses really need to start looking at. I think that overall experience out with the 18 holes can shoot something right up in your estimation.
0: Talking about that, well, I I played when I played Beaverbrook recently with Tom, one of the members who was telling me that the guy who owns Beaverbrook is a member at Augusta National. And when they were building it, they brought over the guy who was like the chairman of Augusta National or something uh, to talk them through the customer experience. So what happens from when you arrive at the golf course in your car all the way through the process until you leave in your car again. And it was all taken from Augusta to make sure that, because they've really got that experience, that that process really well, really done well. And it's great at Beaverbrook because really how they, like how you meet the caddy and stuff is really fun.
2: Moving on, number three. Uh,
3: so, number three um, is is uh, North Hertfordshire. No no, South Hertfordshire, I guess, um, or North London. So, Hadley Hadleywood um, Golf Club. Okay. Um, so, Alistair McKenzie designed place. Um, I think he designed it before he did um, Augusta. Um, just... Uh, I wasn't really aware of it until six years, seven years ago. Um, went down and played it. And then I've played it at least once every year. I didn't get a chance to play it this year because obviously COVID, but, um, but just a, a fantastic uh, fantastic golf courses so many times you kind of stand on the team and go oh, this- I'm going
1: to have to ask you keep the, keep the politics out of it please Matt if you don't mind stop bringing things like Covid up we, we don't allow <laughs> politics on this, this podcast
3: <laughs> noted, <laughs> noted noted um, so, uh, so yeah Hadley really I can't those who have played it will have, you know there'll be quite a few in the group that have played it Grant who was a member of the group RIP um, he's, uh, he's a member there um, and it's just a, a just a great golf course, great, it seems to be a great membership and great kind of all around the club, really. Um, Crawford will have played it numerous times and kind can, of can yeah. testified to it. But some yeah. some great, some cracking holes.
0: Yeah, if you catch it at the right time of the year, when the course is in good condition, that, like it's it's in, it's on clay, so it gets muddy in the winter. And of course, in the summer, it can get a bit burned out, but you get it in that spring or autumn time when it's just kind of perfect. It's a really, really good course. The greens normally they keep them lightning fast as well. Yeah, They're and it's terrifying. to have a three
3: foot apart name, eight inches outside the cup, because it's just going to
0: turn a absolute mile. It's yeah, yeah, great place. Lots of kind of Mackenzie false fronts, and there's a, mm. kind of a couple of holes there that are a bit like um, the 13th for the at the 12th or 13th uh, yeah, uh, like the 13th. Yeah. Yeah, the um, 12th, and, uh, 12th and 13th,
3: and 13th and 14th, the back to back par fives. They all just bend yeah. around a corner
0: and yeah. Yeah, although someone told me recently that the, that the first par five used to be a par three, but they extended it. Um, okay. So it wasn't actually built like that, so I didn't realize. But there you go. As Grant told me that, could be talking bollocks.
3: No, it makes sense because <laughs> one of the par five, one of the, um, uh, par five greens has got a huge slope in it. And I think he must have played it from a, a different angle completely to get to it because it's just not made to receive what you're hitting into it, really.
0: Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it's yeah, just great, great golf course. Yeah. Great clubhouse, too. In other words, we we're talking about clubhouses.
2: Yeah. 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 Cool. Good. Number two, then.
0: Uh, number two is a little nine hole
3: place um, near me. It'll, it'll, potentially please Mr. Rabel, as he calls it the sacred nine but um, Royal Worlington and Newmarket golf course um, it is a nine hole it's just a nine hole course know me it is rated in the top two or three nine hole courses in the world um, it's got what they class as I think the toughest par three um, it's just it's just a phenomenal golf course it doesn't look much on your first kind of outing. It starts with a kind of fairly flat par 5 to a long par 3 to a short par 4 um, but it flows incredibly well. Some great bunkering. It's a challenge if you, you can knock it long but then you you can hit it in the wrong spot and you've got no angle to a green. Greens are subtle and slopey. Um, bunkering is decent um, and yeah it's never ever busy. Is there any benches? Oh, I I think there are, but they don't look out to sea, obviously, because it's fairly inland, so it might be right. But yeah, it's It's not just benches
1: that are the issue. It's complicated benches. You know, you need it's an uncomplicated (laughs) bench. It's all right. But Mr Arbo has a particular distaste for complicated benching.
0: (laughs) It's the lattice work on the benches. Sorry, I've got it. What the fuck is complicated (laughs) benching?
1: Uh, Mr. Uh, Sean Arbol, uh who's a, a flock member for anybody listening, and he's he's very old school. Um, he's very pre-woke, post-woke. I, I don't know how i describe it, but he's proper old school. Doesn't like playing 18 um, and doesn't like clutter on a golf course. So things like tee boxes, tee markers, um, any like, railings, pathways, and benches, he he feels just complicate the golf course. Uh, so he, he went on a rant one day, and he used the phrase "complicated benches," and that just really, really tickled me. <laughs> he was complaining about complicated benching.
0: Like I love the idea that maybe there's like a, be- a bench is built and designed by Da Vinci or something. You know, How it's
1: all, the fuck the geometry?
2: On <laughs> So is it? Do you just play it as a nine of then, Matts, or is there you just go around it twice? I don't well, know. Yeah, you go, just, you go around. You, yeah, you go
3: around twice. Yeah, you go around twice. It's the same tees. There's no different tee boxes. It's the same, um, same tees both times yeah. round. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it takes a. Few, I think it takes a couple of visits, and then you kind of really see the um, the pleasure in playing it. Um, it's one of those places that um, I think that any the Membership cost isn't ever advertised. It's whatever it costs to run the place and it's just divvied up across the members. You'll have members living all over the world that might play it twice a year when they come back at some point um, back to the UK. Um, The car park is ridiculously small, um, holds probably about 12, 15 cars. Um, I think Cambridge University play all their matches up at Royal Wellington as well.
0: It's Cambridge's home course, the way the Huntercombe was Oxford's home course. Mm. Yeah. Um,
3: yeah. And it's yeah, it's just a, a great, great place um, to to go and spend a late late evening's golf. I'd love to see, love to see me be a member there at some point in the uh, in the future. But um, yeah, I think I've got about forty years to uh, um, forty years to go, and a couple of lottery wins.
0: Can I just say that um, that having a flop five that has in our if somebody in our top five that has a nine hole course, I'm feeling I'm basking in the glow of woke right now. I feel like we should definitely excel.
1: I had <laughs> yeah, Anstruther in mine as well. There's a nine-holer and That's it's also
0: two of us
1: have had the uh, wee nine. And do you know what Matt kind of described uh, is that course was very similar to Anstruther in that uh, it's not the most mind-blowing when you walk on it and it doesn't look the most visually like exciting but it's just the Kind of joy of playing around that little track and the little quirks and nooks and crannies and nuances around it. That's what you end up falling in love with. So, listen, I'm all for a nine-hole golf course being so far up the guys' list. So, we are now at
2: number one. We are number this one. Is it. Talk I to only us.
3: need to say. I only need to say two words, and I, I'm expecting four nods of approval. Sunningdale Old. That's it. Yes. That's all so I need good. to say. Can't it's fuck just, with that. No, said uh, yeah just it's just a phenomenal place to to again to play golf it's not overly long for those who haven't played it um but it's it's great in all the right places it's um it challenges you off the tee it challenges you on the greens it's it's just great the whole Sunningdale as a place is just fucking awesome um yeah, but, yeah the, the old it's... course is
0: amazing it's probably the best conditioned golf course that I've ever played. So, you know, when you go down there, like it's always, always in perfect condition.
3: you played it a lot, Matt? Uh, I've probably played it five or six times. Um, try and play it every year. I've played it obviously twice this year. Too. i played it sort of two days running, once with another society in glorious sunshine. And then whoa, 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 whoa. Water, 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 spitter, water, scumbag, whoa splitter,
0: scumbag, splitter. There's <laughs> another society. How do you get time for that? It's, What's like society, it's, it's called the Ancient and Royal Company of Dishonable <laughs> Golfers.
3: Oh, shit, man. <laughs> yeah, so we play it every year. So um, we go down handily this year, we played it on the Tuesday um, before we got monsoon. Well, what was it like playing
1: it in the, the biblical conditions of the... Uh, the Was it the Coluna? What was it like playing yeah. in it in the biblical conditions of the Coluna then as opposed to getting it in glorious sunshine?
3: Yeah. <laughs> It was more challenging, I think, because you just got so many layers on. You're trying not to get wet. You're trying to keep everything dry. Although by that point, that it all sort of disappeared. But it was again, it was it was just still good fun. Um, Still really good fun. It, the course held up a lot better than I thought it was going to, considering the sheer amount of rain that fell that day. Yeah, there were puddles around, but it still played ridiculously good. I, I-
0: couldn't believe, like on the greens, you'd have standing water on the greens, and you'd putt the ball, and you'd give it a wallop, thinking the green, the the water was just going to grab the ball, and the ball would just roll straight through it. I've never mm. seen it before. I don't know how yeah. it was doing that, but it just the ball just kept rolling and rolling. They were just so pure. And yeah, if you have five or
1: six great. rounds here, Matt, have you ever have you ever posted a number, or have you ever have you ever knocked it round in a good score?
3: Never, no, fuck. Um, I always <laughs> get beaten up by a kind of there's a. There's a very kind of back end of the front nine. There's, um, I think it's, I want to say six is a kind of a, sh- a little mid-length par four, kind of a blind tee shot. I hate blind tee shots anyway. But over the top of a um, huge bunker, and from those three holes always, there's kind of three holes. yeah. I think it's like six, seven, eight or five, six, seven. And it's and it, I just I screw them up and it puts me off.
0: It's seven, eight, nine. Seven is the one with yeah. the blind thing. Eight is the yeah. par three up the hill. And then nine is the short par four before you then come down the hill with a big long 10. There's all the photographs.
3: With a sausage, with a sausage hole. There's a
1: theme there because we had Jamie on last week and all of his favorite courses he shot millions at. And it's a running theme of, it seems to be the courses that we enjoy the most or that we've had the best times at have also kicked their arses the hardest.
3: Yeah. yeah, I guess you're out there for long enough. You see, you see so much of the course, but um, (laughs) But yeah, it's I, I kind of try, tend to start well. The first on the old is a par, just a par five, a real gentle par five. So you're like, right, make birdie or par, move on. Second, just kicks you in the balls because it's a horrible golf hole. But it's it's also really really good, um, really short drivable par three. And I think, right, get into the round, and then it just kicks me in the teeth, and then I kind of tend to struggle
0: kind of back nine after uh, after that. So. See that par three, the, the first par three up the hill on the old. Was it was the fourth oh, or something. Fourth, that, yeah. That, yeah. Like it's it's a way. It's like one hundred and twenty yards. Boys, we haven't played it, and every time I play that, I like I always underclub. I always end up short. It always ends up in a four or five. It's such a difficult hole, mm. and it's only yeah. one hundred twenty yards. Yeah,
3: it's just a, a flick in and try and hold a putt on a fairly sleepy green.
2: Matt, that is a very very good flop five we have decided to add one more question oh god yeah you're our guinea pig man oh god <laughs> okay if someone from the flock was coming down to stay with you or close by not necessarily in your house where would you take them what golf course would you take them to one particular golf course or could i name a couple if there's a couple yeah if there's a couple
3: and radius—it's got to be radius because I could say you just throw out some some of the coastal courses in Norfolk within half, half an hour, half an hour away.
1: that makes it
3: easy. All right, that makes it easy. Um, so, effectively, there'd be there'd be three courses within half an hour of my house that I would kind of take people to. Um, one I've already mentioned: rural Wellington, the New Market. Um, get on there. Second is another nine hole that's a couple of miles up the road called Flempton. Um, We've just had Philip join. um, He's a member at Flempton there, so we'll be tapping him up for for some games. That's a great nine hole golf course. Um, And the one, the other one is the one I'm a member um, (laughs) at, unashamedly, which is Thetford Golf Club. Um, Just a great, um, especially in the winter, it's a great golf track. Kind of they loosely describe it as a James Braid, but it's done by someone else. And Braid just came up on a train one day he said put a couple of bunkers here and there and all of a sudden it's been designed by James Bray but it's a, um, it's a, just a great golf course
1: and uh, you were at Thetford and then you went to Royal Norwich for a little bit and then Thetford's bright lights brought you uh, <laughs> back with your tail between your legs
3: uh, yeah well kind of yeah so I joined Royal Norwich and when it opened well, just after it opened last year um, that's it's, obviously it's, that's great but in the winter it was just a bit a bit boggy I think it needs a few few years to settle down um, it was tough to get tea times and play, and it was just a bit of a bit of a nightmare. And the forty-five minute drive to get there was a bit of a pain in the ass. Um, Thetford's ten minutes up the road um, can play it all year round. Good social. I've got a good social scene there. Um, You've got uh, other friends. Uh, well, you're not allowed to have other girlfriends. I don't know what
2: number we're going to be as a society with Matt. He's already mentioned two other groups.
3: Oh, no, definitely. This is the this is my number one golf society. My, this is my, this is this is my home. All is different, um, All is But um, but yeah, it's those those would be the
0: three. Also, awesome.
3: rural Wellington. Okay. i um, actually I
0: haven't I haven't played Thetford yet. So there's a bunch of us going to play in the Bernard Matthews Invitational, hopefully in February. And I'm looking forward yeah. to it. It's a Heathland course. It's in the middle of you know Thetford Forest and the Bretland areas up uh, just north of or sort of northwest of Thetford, and um, it's got a pretty good reputation. It's got a very good reputation in the kind of East of England. It's been mm. a really good yeah. course. I'm yeah. looking forward to it.
3: Yeah, most definitely. Cool.
0: It uh, normally has a uh, load of Essex boys coming
3: up and playing it in the uh, in the winter because their courses go um, turn turn into sort of flood plains. So they uh, come up and play Fetford and because it's well, it's just dry, dries a bone. it's built on built on sand. Ironically, a friend of mine is um, is a greenkeeper there, and he he sent some photos through, and it's basically got like six foot of sand underneath the fairways and
0: stuff. So it just drains. Yeah, I saw that photograph. I it, it was there. It's amazing how much sand there was there. Yeah. It's not just a top dressing, is it? It's like it
1: goes down. Nope. Yeah, it's all the way down. All the way down. Matt, that was a strong, strong Flock 5. And uh, I like the additional question from Rob as well. That added, that added a nice little bit of seasoning on top of your Flock 5 steak. Um, so what we'll do now is, after Mark drops in a funky little bit of music, um, you're welcome to hang out. Uh, Matt, join us for the rest of the podcast uh, and we'll be back in a little second and we're going to talk about what the hell you would change in the golf game if you had the chance to do it. Right, we're back. Part two of the podcast. CAD, last chance. Best part three.
0: Uh, the floating island green in Curdaline Resort Course in Idaho, America. Brilliant. The world's, That's all own, I've... world's only floating island green.
1: That's all I've <laughs> got. Um, shall we do a very quick grunt's take of the week then? We'll bring it back. Yeah. This is by special request of uh, Crawford because I've not really got one. I've not been paying much attention, but Crawford uh, is chomping at the bit here, so Crawford, grunt away.
0: So this actually is not his take of the week this was from last week but it was so good that I've kept a note of it on my phone and he said <laughs> and I quote everyone on the planet is more musical than the Germans <laughs> <laughs> forgetting about Beethoven Bach Nelson Schubert <laughs> after work, 500 years of-
1: <laughs> Rammstein I don't even want to know what the context of that was. Right, we've, we've, we've lost Damn. Crawford. We've lost Crawford. Rob, you crack on with the next section. We'll let Crawford compose himself. So this is carried
2: over from last week, isn't it? With the with the talk of the flock, Gary. So, um, we're going to talk about um, is there is there one thing in the pro game that we would change, um, and then relate that to the amateur game. Um, and then we're going to have a little talk about um, if we've ever played in a limited club competition and what clubs we would choose. Uh, and then we're going to um, go through some of the flock suggestions which came through. Which you've Yeah, got that's to right, in, because we
1: had a, a pretty in-depth, pretty big conversation, I think. And it was just one of those things where we were all spitballing a good 50 or 60. of us talking about what we would change and the game, I think just now, especially when there's no golf uh, in some parts of the UK, it's one of those times to sit back, reset, take stop and think, you know, what would we change? about? How, how can we make this game better going forward? Because golf is one of the games that doesn't really seem to change and adapt maybe as much as it should. So it got a bit fun. I've got loads of screenshots from the main thread uh, where everybody was talking about it. But I thought we'd go around the houses here first and we'd do... We'll do one question at a time and we'll go around the house with it. Um, And then, yeah, after that, I'll look at some of the Flocker stuff. So, off with you, Roberto. Uh, In the pro game, you're allowed to make one change to the professional game. What would it be?
2: Do you know what? I've been thinking about this and I can't really think of one thing that I would change. I think the the least enjoyable um, parts of golf for me are the kind of smaller events where you've got not such a high percentage of the better golfers playing. So maybe something like reducing the tour to a hundred or a combination of both the European tour and the PGA tour. I don't really have anything specific about the game. I like, you know, I think maybe someone else will say something about rolling back the ball or, you know, something like that. No, there isn't really anything I'd change. Sorry
1: about that. Matthew Wabanez, what about you? Give us a better answer than that shit. <laughs> well, I was
3: hoping to kind of stay in the shadows here. <clears throat> I'm kind of the same as Rob. I didn't oh, really get involved sake. in the chat, um, short of allowing the pros to wear shorts. But I mean, it's it's not huge amounts. I'd like to see more variation in the courses they play, probably, if anything. Um, I had shorts
1: down in mine. I think that's a
3: very valid answer. That's a good answer. Um, I suppose we're fucking shorts, get the calves out. But um but yeah, I think variation in courses rather than just the constant lush green hit it, hit it as far as you can, hit a wedge. I think the European tour probably does it better than um than the US. Um but um but yeah, that's that's probably my change, I think. That's
1: an interesting one because that one came up in the thread a few times as well. The yeah, variation of courses and the fact that Lynx courses are like criminally Underutilised, especially in the Euro Tour. Uh, you even think back to this summer, and I know there was reasons for it logistically, but they did five or six events in the UK, and it was all middle of the road parkland courses and stuff, rather than look at all those links courses that. Especially when they've not got a crowd, so they don't have to think about getting grandstands in or the, the size of the place. They get yeah. uh, up so many good links courses. All that was a good opportunity. That was a good opportunity, wouldn't it have been?
2: It
3: yeah. was, but I think it was. There was that whole bubble thing, wasn't it? There's yeah, hotels yeah. on sites, and but but yeah, the yeah. ideal world. Throw them out at some godforsaken links place in um, in Wales, and and let him let him go to town and see what see what happens.
0: The thing about the, bu- the, the whole the whole bubble thing, though, I, I, I kind of I didn't think it was spurious, but I thought like if they would really tried, it's not that hard to find places that have hotels either into them or next to them that are really good golf courses. Like Saunton has Saunton Sands Hotel next to it. It's like a five star hotel. It's a spectacularly good hotel, and two amazing golf courses. Turnberry, although I can't stand Trump, you know, at least Turnberry would have been a good choice. They could have gone there. They could have mm-hmm. gone to Den Eagles. You know, they went to Forest of Arden, Hanbury Manor, (laughs) the Belfry. Like, it really wasn't difficult to make better choices, but what can you say? They did anyway.
1: But then I I think that's a pretty good answer, just in general, and even in America, there's a bit more variety, Um, uh, maybe in courses, but also even... Uh, in setup and in um, the playing style rather than your uh, 72-hole stroke play events uh, is maybe utilise things like... You've got the Barracuda, which is uh, Stableford, which is always good fun. Uh, It's an event with a field that's not very strong and I would never usually watch it, but because it's a slightly different scoring template they've got there, then it's always actually worth tuning into. Uh, I know TV people hate it, but match play, I always find match play good fun. If you've got the top 64, you can always end up with a shiter of a final, but the top 64 is so strong and so deep right now that that's a lot less likely than it maybe was 10 or 15 years ago. Uh, Crawford, what's your one change in the pro game?
0: We've had a couple of conversations about this on the group again. I... I would, I, I, you were talking a second ago about changing the different types of format and not everything being stroke play. I love the idea of match play. But what I would love them to do is, you know, in the winter, like over Christmas, and every year I look forward to that period between Christmas and the year, and I watch The World's Strongest Man every year it's a, it's, it's, it's a tradition in our house watch The World's Strongest fucking Man fucking love it, that shit brilliant and love it just that. happens between Christmas and the year and I, I'm like I'd love that it'd be I love the idea of this having teams where like somebody like tour you know Rory and Tiger now pick a team
2: I you are going to say you want to see golfers doing World's Strongest Man no fuck no I right, have a week off from the tour but Iceland's made for it
0: I'd love that it be a season where they kind of say, right, between the end of like Dubai is the beginning of November and then Hawaii happens in January. There's like a six week period there. And let's do a period where we get six or like 10 teams of six players. And then they just play match play in a Ryder Cup style thing. And the team, but it's it's not for individuals, like matches at all. It's just for the team, just trying to win a point for the team. And then over the course of six weeks, and then the team wins a bunch of money. I would generally get engaged in that.
1: Let me piggyback on that by a friend of the show and flocker, Rodri Roddy, whatever, um, I'd like to see a boxing wrestling style belt utilised in golf, regular match for it, the current champion brings it to the first tee and flings it down, the challenge is set, the winner of the match gets to really dial up the celebration, pyrotechnics are optional, there's your Christmas to New Year, you get wrestling style entrances, you can come out to the first tee to Motorhead, they did that at Zurich, it was class
0: Holy, just have a lot of fun with it
1: a novelty. That's what golf needs: a bit more fun, a bit more exuberance. Why do we think it's not happening? Because it's a fucking terrible idea. <laughs> the wrestling. <of> <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't mean. I don't mean the wrestling. I mean in general, like. Well, you know, because people hate change, and golf people who run golf hate change, and they're all old men that sit around in jackets and ties and don't like the idea of doing something that's different. But I'm like, up to this but the thing is, the other thing as well is they already have all of these these um calendars already set years in advance so they they have they have a bunch of tournaments between you know november and january they are just shit ones that we don't want to watch but do you not think it's it's it could be down
2: to world ranking points and different formats in that way and obviously people that are higher in the world can play in
1: different competitions i think it's like it's that and it's sponsorships and stuff as well though
0: because yeah. there's got to be a restriction sponsors. yeah mm-hmm. yeah but I think that, like, like when it comes, to, it all comes down to money at the end of the day. And yeah, I think exactly. that if if you, if you were to go along, say, to the people right, like I, the guy, the, the thing about the the IPL, the, was it the new golf league thing? Um, I um I have no problem with the idea of it. What I think they should do is say, look, we'll run the regular PGA tour from. You know, February through until the end of August into, or into September. And then the rest of the year, let's use that space to do an international tour where you go, you finish one and then you go off on a bit like the cricket does with the IPL. They go off and they play yeah. in India for the season and then they come back and they play all the tests and during the summer in the Northern Hemisphere. And it kind of works. Um, but um you know and spend the money doing that and doing something interesting, so you can do both things because i don 't really want to lose all of the tourist stuff that I really like. I really enjoy Tory Pines, you know I really enjoy um, Phoenix, I enjoy you know all the majors and I enjoy. In a memorial, and I like all the stroke play and the traditions and all that. I don't want to lose. There's a lot that. of
1: nothing, and there's a lot of filler that you can fill with other really good stuff.
0: From from the end of the FedEx Cup until Tory Pines, there's fucking nothing of interest that happens in the PGA Tour. So why are they spending money or throw money at it? The answer, of course, is that the the people lower down the tour love those those this the fall season because they make more money out of it. That's the times where they get yeah. FedEx points.
2: That's where they can get their points, their monies, right. get it in the get it in the bank.
0: Yeah.
1: I'll give you a legit one right pro game and this would negate having to roll back the ball or change any of the equipment and a few people suggested this as well so I'd like your thoughts take away yardage books and take away green reading books they get the markers in the middle of the fairway or they get the stakes on the side of the fairway use the same equipment use the same ball but you need to either pace out your yardages or go by feel by look by guess and on the greens you need to read them yourself as a pro what do you think?
0: I would 100% agree with green books. I mean, the green reading yeah. should be a skill and it should be, you know, a skill that the, um, uh, that the the player and his caddy has to do just by eye. Not
2: just the player. Uh,
0: I mean, yeah, I, yeah I, I can see the argument in that, but there is, you know, caddies need to earn their money. And like, if you go, we go on to play in a course with the caddy, there's something that's great. That kind of team spirit you get when the caddy gives you a line and you hit it and you, you drop the putt and it's kind of, it's a, it's a fun experience. So, I'd be happy. And you can blame him if you miss. Well, there's that, definitely.
1: Shout out Alan Martin.
0: <laughs> you know, so I don't like the idea of Greens books. I mean, even things like, you know, the problem is that some people are really good at reading Greens books and some people aren't. Some people like DJ are not very really good at reading just in general. Um, and uh, <laughs> and has, So people like, um, people like Bryson have an unfair advantage because they have like two GCSEs rather than none.
2: Yeah, but DJ didn't. DJ doesn't. His, his Austin, his brother, does. He's so involved with all He's of outsourced
3: it Sensible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> less to think about, and it's sea ball, hit ball. And in fact, like <laughs> we'd take away the um, take away the green reading books. And I think there's a few in the group. I'm one kind of loosely that aim point then becomes such a such a tool, Aimpoint Express, yeah. um, to, to to kind of help help read it. And it's it's probably ultimately quicker than trying to decipher thirty-two thousand arrows on a tiny Greens book to tell you which way the ball's gonna go. But ultimately it all goes to Mexico City, doesn't it? That's that's the rules, <laughs> isn't it? And that's
1: part of DJ's super charm though. That that's why DJ's so good because I, I think it was um Rory or somebody made the comment that he is so much smarter than he lets on because he picks and chooses what to care about and what to stress about and what to get involved in. So if he can get Austin to read the greens for him and just say, you put here, aim here at this strength, that's uh, that's something he doesn't need to worry about so he can then use his yeah. brain power, however big and strong that might be, uh, <laughs> to, worry on it, to worry about something else. So like, the guy's a genius in the thickest way possible. Mm, 100%.
0: What's that old Dale saying? No one's too stupid to play golf. Plenty of people are too clever.
1: Exactly. exactly. And I, I bet you'd claim it to be too clever, Crawford. That's That oh, sounds like oh, something oh, out of your oh, excuse oh, book, mate. <laughs> oh, it was my problem. Okay, so we move on to the next little question then. Um, same sort of idea, but one thing you would change in the amateur day-to-day game that would make your life or the flock's life or your club's life a little bit easier? And uh, we'll go, Crawford, we'll let you go first on that one.
0: I think we all know what I'm going to say here. Um, I think that we need to stop this ridiculous um, concentration on fast golf. We need to slow down. Uh, we need to take our time. Oh my
1: god! We
0: need to we need to go six, seven hours rounds is what a golf should be. We need to have benches all the way down the fairway to have a rest. <laughs> we need to have deck chairs around the greens so that before you putt, you have a wee we pause, just whatever. You need to have bars at every every tee box to have a wee stop and. A wee, and a drink and a bit of food. The and thing at the is, Crawford. At, and at the, at the ninth, you should have to stop and have a three-course meal every time you play golf.
1: I think you may be achieving this through osmosis because I've played with you a few times, and the rounds have lasted three and a half hours. But fuck me, they felt like six or seven hours. So you're onto something. There. <laughs> you're definitely onto something.
0: That's because I've played 175 shots in those three and a half hours. You know?
1: <laughs> Rob, I seen you clenching your fists. I don't know if that was in celebration or in non-agreement. So, was that yours, or have you got something else? It, it was mine,
2: and I think we're obsessed with it in the game. Um, and I think that the, you know, I think Crawford and I kind of agree is that what's the rush? I mean, at the end of the day, if you want to run round, run round. But if you want to take your time, take your time. I think. I played, this isn't at my current club, but in, in my previous club, there was a competition and we finished and we got into to the clubhouse. And the first thing people would say is, got around in three hours, 20? So what? Like, is it a race?
3: Here's your medal, mate. Go for it. <laughs> and, and, and to me,
2: like... It's a bit of recreation, isn't it? Like, yeah, you don't want things to take five hours and five and a half hours and, and that sort of stuff.
0: But as I said, you and I have often, I've often said, Rob, you know, I love playing golf and five hours on a golf course playing golf is better than three hours on a golf course playing golf. It's an extra two hours doing something that I love. Why would I not want to be doing it? But
2: I still moan about slow play.
1: I was going to say, though, said a <laughs> distinction, Rob, between people playing slow and slow play. Because people Absolutely. playing yeah. slow with you can be a pain in the arse. But slow, leisurely play, a nice walk around the course, taking four and a half hours yeah. is one thing. But watching yeah. somebody play slowly alongside you can be an absolute pain in the hoop. It is, but I think uh, the problem, a lot of the time, it's, it's people aren't
2: ready to play. It's not the amount of time they spend over the board or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, th- I mean a lot of guys I, the guys I play with it's they're all ready to play we know you know we kind of know, but it just seems to be you know you're sort of thinking what are you because people are stood over the ball for like 15 seconds you think, what are you thinking about?
1: Just hit it. The more time you spend thinking about it, the worse it's going to yeah. be. like just get up and swing I can't I can't take away quick enough no. when I get over the ball, I don't want thoughts in my head that's a bad thing. <laughs>
2: So, yeah, you're right. There is a difference between playing slow and slow playing, yeah.
0: But I do think that if I had the choice, I'm much less annoyed by a round that's a little bit slow and having to wait to take shots at people in front of me than I am by people up my ass hassling me to get around a goal. 100%. Hands. I find that extremely annoying. Yeah, no, 100%. You know, when you like, there's nothing worse than somebody behind you and they're huffing, huffing around. And there's a couple of courses that historically you know, pride themselves on being really quick courses where like nothing, that, I'm like, the other thing that drives me mad, like I, the number of times you go to a place and they go, we're a quick golf course, like it won't take you much longer than three hours to get around. It is total and utter horseshit. I every time that it, I remember playing it, remember Matt, we went to Deal last year and they're like, oh, you'll say Royal Singports. Yeah, t- t- you tee off later, oh, don't worry, we're a three hour golf course, you'll get around quickly. We fuck. It was a five hour <laughs> round at the absolute very least because a couple of old cunts in front of us were playing a medal match and taking ages to put out. There's no fucking three hour round. It's just complete and utter bollocks. I personally believe there's, there's, there's a direct correlation between people who want to play golf fast and people who are very quick in the bedroom. That's so all I'm going to say. I'll leave it there.
1: <laughs> but other than that, you've not got any real strong feelings on the matter. Um, <laughs> Matthew, what about your good self? One change in the amateur game that you'd make if you could?
3: It, I think it's a I think it's a mindset thing for me with amateurs is, and I'm guilty of it. but I put my hands up. I am I'm guilty of this as as, as much as anyone. It's something I'd like to change. Is don't look at a course and go, all right, I'll play it off the very back. here it's seven thousand two hundred yards, and I'm going to do that all the all day long. Fuck that! You, so much, many more amateurs would enjoy the game if they played it from a tee up or two tees up, six thousand four hundred, six thousand six hundred yards becomes a lot more enjoyable than trying to slog round something that's seven thousand yards. Um, I'm Humble flex. I'm heading to Pinehurst next year with a load of the flock, and we're, we're looking at um
1: it's so casually. I'm just I'm just popping over to Pinehurst. I'm going
3: to <laughs> just popping to Pinehurst. You know, if you get a vaccine. Anyway, um, we're looking at playing Pinehurst too, and we're like. Those U.S. Open tees at seven thousand five hundred. Cool. Oh, it's like no, fuck it. Play it. At, so we're gonna. I think we're gonna play it like six thousand nine hundred, which is still a bit long, but it's gonna be a bit firmer, so you probably get away with it. But it's just like don't look at the ultimate yardage and go right. I'm gonna play it from the very back. Go. Actually, I'm gonna play it from six thousand three hundred yards because I'm off twenty and I'm not gonna hit driver in a straight line two hundred eighty yards. Do you think the new world handicap
2: system here will change people's perceptions of those teas? Because your handicap will change from, depending where you play.
1: And Rob, I think that's come up a few times as well in, in other yeah. conversations within the group. It's that move away from what we call medal tea, men's tea, yeah. and women's tee to white, yellow, and red, or whatever. And you pick whatever yeah. tea you think best suits your game on that particular day. I
3: think I it's don't absolutely it weird. I think we well, think the new so, handicap system is a great change, but I don't think it will change people's mindset at all because of the way that Congu so have implemented yeah.
2: it. In our group, we've got um the, the, the group that I play at my life club is there's county players and it's a good, really good level of, of golf. And there's a couple of guys in there, my dad being one of them, and then there's another dad as well. And they're they're off kind of much higher handicaps than most of us. But we always play off the of whites. it's we always do. I mean, it's not it's six thousand seven hundred but you know, even when Crawford comes, we play off the whites. But
0: it, they, my problem is not length, Robert's direction. <laughs> we all know that.
3: <laughs>
2: but they could play off a different tee, right? And uh, you know, be still be still be competitive. So I, I think that might change. I hope it would change. It's I, I, I
0: think well. I agree to think the, the, the WHS was an opportunity that they squandered because we we did this world handicap system and then we didn't make a world handicap system we call it that no. but it's all fucking different but if you <laughs> in the american system like everyone has the ghin the GIN app in your phone and you just when you play the match you just go onto the app and you tell it what club you're at what tees you played and you put in your score and yet it requires you to have a certain, a certain amount of honesty about what you scored but at least it makes it every course that you play you just input it whereas now we can still do that but you've got to go tell the pro and you've got to go find no the computer you got no you know, different. it's no, not really. not to be okay. the, the old so,
3: system so So yeah, I think is I think it was a big opportunity missed.
2: no, but the plan is for that to happen, but the problem so from what I understand is that will happen here, but it, they don't want to implement a new system and then enforce everyone to do their own scores after every round. It's almost like this is phase one coming in now to 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 to, to go to slope to go to course rating, and then actually. We've got the app on the phone it adjusts um the the app's pretty good actually but it adjusts per course it shows you what your playing handicap is there and then I would imagine in 50 to 100 years time it would be expected (laughs) that when we finish (laughs) playing that we actually put our score in so it's of no concern to us but you know I think that's the general from what I understand is that that's what's going to happen and this is very much phase
0: one of that Um, process well let's hope so it would be good if it did I welcome it
1: what would be really nice is if they got somebody that wasn't in primary school to make the app on the Scottish golf side of things as well because it is (laughs) It is, it's 2020, it's nearly 2021. Making a phone app is the easiest thing in the world. Uh, and yet the Scottish Golf app, if anybody from the Scottish Golf app is up past their bedtime and listening to this right now, please get in contact with me because I still have no way, feature to put a score in. Don't know where to find anything. I know multiple people that are in the same situation as well. So there's golf and technology, uh, a match made in heaven once again. Uh, I'm just going to very quickly add my one change in the amateur game, one sentence, no such thing as out of bounds. You find it, you play it, you move on. Um after that, what did we have, Rob? We were looking at um So
2: we've got um yeah, the less clubs um thing. So um for us, like you know, in a group, have we have we played in a competition, three clubs and a putter or four clubs and a putter? And if it if we were to, what would the three clubs be with the putter?
1: Gary you go first I've not I've barely played in a competition this year never mind that I reduced clubs and set competition I did go through a little experiment around about June and July when I started taking a half set out because I I thought I was getting too in my head with yardages and clubs and uh, mixing and matching these things so I took a half set out and probably played some of my best golf um, of the year um so i think that's something I'll, I'll mess about with a little bit more next year um i think um i'm about to buy three uh, wedges from matt Wabes so that probably won't work cause i want to play with all three of them <laughs> but uh, if i was to take three clubs and a three clubs and a putter out to to knock it round three woods seven iron 56 degree wedge and a putter and i reckon i could get round without too much deviation from my normal golf round with those four clubs yeah what about
3: you, Matt? Yeah, I was playing over, and I've not played in a um, like three clubs and a putter, four clubs and a putter before. Um, we our club does one every New Year's Day. I should really enter it, but I'd probably similar to, to Gary. It'd be um, uh, probably I'd probably go hybrid, like a four iron a hybrid, um, a seven iron, and then like 50, 54 wedge, and then a putter. Um and that will do that'll will do it, I think.
0: Cat? Oh yeah, I'd be the same as Gary, three six iron, um fifty-six and then uh, and then a putter. Um and I'd still be shit.
2: <laughs> so it's have you played in a competition of that? I'd
0: still hit I'd still hit my t shirts off to the off the planet somewhere.
2: Have, but you haven't played in the
0: comp either? Uh, I have to I did one in Essendon a while ago. But um, yeah. I don't forget a couple
2: of years ago. Uh, it's all right. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I did, I did one a few a few years ago, and uh, exact uh, hybrid seven iron nine iron putter shot four over. Thanks very much.
1: See, but th- that's the thing. See, when you've got the <laughs> decision taken out of your hands over what club yeah. you're going to hit, that's one less thing for you to second guess or question yourself about. You're hitting a seven iron and you know you're hitting a 7-iron, it's just how hard it's going to hit that 7-iron rather than messing about with different clubs and different strengths of strike and everything. So I quite like that aspect of it.
0: Or in my case, Gary, am I in the hedge 150 yards away or am I in the hedge 160 yards (laughs) away?
1: (laughs) How far out of bounds can I go?
2: The format that we played at Ashridge a few weeks ago was really, really weird for me because Crawford will tell you the, the course that I play at a lot of the tee shots are just driver. They just literally drive you don't even have to think about it. Driver, driver, driver. And we went to Ashridge and I had a two wood, which was an old Ben Sayers wood, and then my three iron, which was a bit debatable whether it was um allowed. Um, but <laughs> I basically I think it was with Wayne and George and Pete the champ, Heathlander. And I was like, I don't really want to use my driver, but it's kind of one of my best clubs and I want to enjoy it and I actually didn't use my driver at all and like exactly what you were saying there Gary it's like just hitting three iron you, you know you pretty much know you're going to be in
1: play playoff every tee takes so a variable out of the game Take,
2: it just takes, takes golf, the variable is, out golf, out of golf has
3: too and
1: many I'm, variables and you yeah. cut as many of them out as you can and the, the game's simple it ass We'll play a new feature. You can play a jingle for this, Mark. We'll call it subscribe or shite. Now, I'll read the suggestion out and you three just shout whether you subscribe to that idea or whether you want to smash the shite button for that. Subscribe or shite. So just shout subscribe or shite when I read them out to you and we'll see which has the most subscriptions at the end. Uh, So Dancing Bowling Winning Gary um, says
3: no green books and a shorter ball. Subscribe. Ooh, I'm not a fan of the shorter ball, but yeah, no. I'll no subscribe to no green books.
2: I would be the same as Matt. I would say uh, subscribe to the no green books, but shy to the
1: shorter ball. Right, Matthew Pittman. I like this one. Pros aren't allowed help finding their golf balls other than from the playing partners, so no marshals, spectators, or TV footage replays. Subscribe. Yeah,
2: subscribe to that. Unless I've got John Rahm in my group, subscribes all round. Yeah,
0: I would. Sub- I would subscribe to it, but I think that in practice it'd be very difficult to do once you got players. You got some um, uh, uh, spectators
1: on the final day. There should be a live on-screen indicator of how much a must put, a missed putt. Fuck me, how much a missed putt will cost a pro? Shite. Shite. Yeah, subscribe to that.
3: <laughs> it's <Subscribe laughs> just
1: straight in with shite.
2: <laughs> Rob likes Crawford somewhere in the middle. But I'll do it. I'll do it in that period between uh, the end. You know what Crawford was saying. Just like November, December. Just do
1: it then, because the novelty, this early season, the novelty season. Yeah, um, yeah. Let's do it then. Craig McGeoch, um, who had some very controversial uh, thoughts on Lee Westwood. Craig McGeoch. <laughs> what? How do you say? How do you say it? <laughs> Craig McGeoch. McGeoch. Miguel. Miguel. Ah, if Miguel. it's in Scotland it's Miguel. Um he says OB's fucking everywhere think Takeshi's Castle levels of impending <laughs> danger on every golf
3: course
0: <laughs> subscribe <laughs> subscribe.
1: <laughs> subscribe definitely
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, go on and subscribe just for the lols.
0: Don't want it in the amateur game, but it could be fucking hilarious. Yeah, it? Could, you know, do you remember what's his name? Whenever Bryson the other day was like spreading it around a little bit, and it was the best bit of television I've seen all year. Watching him spraying, imagine having to get on the on the cards
1: when he got when he took the ten well, yeah, and like, he kept putting it over the fence and he, he was trying to like screw it from under the fence to get and on stuff. the card
0: And go back to the tee to hit another one. Having I mean, to like do that, I like that one.
1: Um, Neil McLoy, uh, public voting for weekly pairings, um, or I'm guessing three balls and mics on the caddies. Yeah, subscribe.
3: I loved it when yeah, the European subscribe. Tour did it, just have the um, yeah. have mics on players and stuff in, in COVID, so yeah, subscribe to that.
2: I really like it when Tim Barter interviews them on the course. That's one of my He's a family friend of yours, isn't he, Tim Barter? He is a family friend, Gary, yeah
0: everyone's a family friend a rob um, <laughs> the uh, yeah I, I, I don't mind the idea of the miking thing or whatever the pairings is okay I think the problem is that if you let the public do it every time you have the same pairings every time it's like that old Dirty McBoat face like we're all fucking they, as, when everything evens out into the main, we're all fucking idiots <laughs>
1: <laughs> and last one <laughs> Uh, a couple of people said this one, and it's the obvious one. Permacin and Balata balls only, or the general rolling back of the ball, one ball across the board, a more spinny ball. So, we'll just, in general, um, we've got four minutes left before our recording goes. Kaboom, would you change the ball, subscriber shite? Shite. Shite. All right. Uh, shite. Grant Hutton is about, Grant's going to have an aneurysm listening to that.
0: <laughs> uh, but I've said before that I think they should li- they should limit the de- the the de- degrees you can have in your clubs. So if you like, to, to what thirty five degrees? So if you have an eight degree driver, you can only have a 43, 43 degree wedge or or iron. Or if you want a twenty degree driver, you can have a you know um, fifty five degree. So you can you can have a flat driver and you can hit it miles. But then you're in the rough and you've got to hit it out of the rough with a seven iron.
1: It's a lot of maths going into that though. That's a
2: lot of thought. Yeah. Should we just get them doing weights during the during Christmas? Push ups and weights.
1: Yeah. yeah. Between shots. You need to do <laughs> reps and push ups between shots. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I mean that pretty much covers most of what we had to talk about today. Uh before we do wrap it up, again we'd like to thank Mr. Sharpshooter, the crosshair man himself, uh Matt Wabinez for joining us. That was a really, really good flop five and good contributions throughout. We'll have you How on again
0: just one question, Matt. Do you do you whenever you assassinate somebody, do you like put a little mark on your bedpost, like to just make a note of that there's someone else that you've killed? He's got, you've got a like tattoo a whole... of a
1: te- he's got a tattoo of a teardrop <laughs> under his eye. <laughs>
0: he's got like he's got like four now. <laughs> I've, got a, uh, I've
3: got I've got I've got like a um, an honors board on the wall, and I just uh, I just didn't it so it gets uh, it.
1: Gets, he gets like a ball marker from the course that they're a member at so he's got like a little Dornock ball marker up in his <laughs> wall with a little tombstone above it. Yeah,
3: but not from the proper course, from the shitty one next door, not the proper <laughs> one. He's not he allowed in the one, proper one. So
1: <laughs> not that one. No, brilliant stuff all round. Uh, before we wrap up, guys, is get anything exciting coming up in the next week? I know golf is on its way back. Um, anything planned or are you just excited in general to get back out there? Can't wait. Excited to get back out
0: there? Yeah, can't wait. I was saying in the chat today that I've, I've really struggled with this lockdown more than did the last one. So I'm really looking forward to getting back out again. I need to get out and play some golf. Brilliant. Oh,
1: so when we come back next week to you folks, we'll hopefully be looking ahead to or right in the midst of the return to golf itself. Uh, we'll have another flocker on for their flock five or in uh, talks with a few potential candidates at the moment. And we'll find another kind of main discussion topic to run over as well. But we are quickly and sadly running out of time for tonight. Um, next week, we'll be recording on Tuesday night because Bake Off is finished and we'll hopefully be out on Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, Aaron will be back looking ahead to the PGA Tour. There's nothing on this week, apparently, so um, he's not looking at that just now. Bit of an amateur, did one week and then fucked off, but hopefully... <laughs> and, he was and he, he was, was
2: late. He was late as
1: well. Yes, fucking nonsense mate but he'll be back next week hopefully Um, but other than that no thank you again very much for taking the time to tune in we got great feedback last week we had probably one of our highest numbers of listeners last week as well so we're hoping we can keep that run up but before we go anything you want to finish off with Crawford? No. Robert? (laughs) No.
3: Matthew? Negative. Producer
1: Mark sitting in the background? no he's shaking his head Um, he doesn't want to be on air quite rightly Um, well (laughs) all that being said then have a great week guys enjoy your weekend enjoy the return to golf and we'll speak to you all again next week bye bye Goodbye.
0: bye crack (laughs) on El país
2: se muy apretado, gritando por Argentina,
0: Argentina 2, Inglaterra 2, Diego, Diego, Diego Armando Marabona, gracias a Dios por el gol por Marabona, por esas lágrimas.